Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillah Alladhi la ilaha illa hu Ala ma manna bihi alayna Mina ni'mil kathira Al-zahirati wal-batina Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu Wahdahu la sharika la Wa ashadu anna muhammadan Abaduhu wa rasuluh Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تمسك بسنته بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد by the name of Allah سبحانه وتعالى we praise him and all the praise belong to Allah سبحانه وتعالى the one that there's none that has the right to be worshipped except him who's alone without having any partners who has bestowed upon us blessings and abundance those blessings that are inward and outward. And I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped other than Allah. He is alone without having any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah, he is his servant and his messenger. May the peace and salutations of Allah be upon him and upon his family and upon all those who follow, upon his guidance and to the establishment of the last day. To proceed, Ikhwan. فَنُوَاسِلُ مَعَكُمْ وَعَلَكَ السَّلَامُ فِي هَذِهِ اللَّيْلَةِ الْمُبَارَكَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ عَوْنًا مِنَ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ So we continue on this blessed and noble night of ours, second day eight, and the assistance of our Lord, the most merciful and the most compassionate. مُسْفِدِينَ مُتَعَلِّمِينَ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْعَقِيدَةِ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْعَقِيدَةِ As we continue to learn, Deriving benefit from the science of Al-Aqidah. Min kitabi Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab al-Tamimi al-Rahimahullah ta'ala. As we continue to learn and derive benefit from the noble Imam Shaykh al-Islam in his time, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, may Allah have mercy upon him. I believe we finished placing one's reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who can give us the meaning of tawakkul? I sent al-i'timadu ala Allah ta'ala. Kifayatan wa hasban Placing ones or depending upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Regarding that which or being sufficed and sufficient Or being enough and sufficient When a person places his reliance and dependence Or you can say trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Tawadu Shaykh With the explanation we finished Al-Isti'ana. Al-Isti'ana, shukran. Yeah, we finished the five points. I don't know if we finished the five benefits. No, five different types. Five different types of Isti'ana. Yeah. We did four or five? Our sister says four. Our brother says five. Sorry, maybe we added one. Five. Jamila. Zabat. طيب انتهينا بالاستعانة وتعلمنا أن الاستعانة يا إخوان طلب العون طلب العون and we mentioned that الاستعانة it is to seek help to seek aid طلب العون to seek aid or help والأصل في الاستعانة أن يطلب العبد العون من الله and the origin of isti'ana is that the person seeks help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He seeks help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tayyip, فَقُلْنَا أَنَّ الْإِسْتِعَانَةَ 
tanqasimu ila arba'ati aqsam and we mentioned that isti'an is of four categories four categories fama huwa ahaduhum or was one of them ya ikhwan ayna al-isti'anatu min Allah or al-isti'anatu billah to seek help and aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wala ghayri to ask and seek help from Allah and Allah alone وهذا هو الأصل and that's the origin يقول تعالى إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين an ayah سورة الفاتحة as Allah Ta'ala he says إياك you oh Allah and you alone نعبد we worship وإياك نستعين and you oh Allah alone we seek a والمقصود هنا الأمور التي تختص بالله and the intent here, you, O Allah, O Allah, we seek help. And you, O Allah, you, O Allah, we worship. And you, O Allah, we seek help. The origin here are those things that are specific for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَذَلِكَ مِنْ نَهْيَةِ لُغَةِ الْعَرَبِيَّةِ تَعَلَّمْنَا الْقَعِدَةَ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ الْحَصْرِ فَضَلْ تَقْدِيمُ مَا حَقُّهُ تَعْفِيرُ فِيهِ مَشَالَةً حَسَنْ جَمِيلًا and we learn from the Arabic language perspective, it's actually connected to Usul al-Fiqh also. That in this issue here, it shows restriction. And as our brother he mentions, the principle is To pit forth first, what is usually pit forth last, shows restriction. Shows restriction. And we also learned another principle that shows restriction. في درس آخر in another class لا أظن أنه في أصول ثلاثة. I don't think it was in this class here, but another class we learned another principle that shows restriction. Our sister remembers. When you have an exception after a negation. When you have an exception after a negation. وَقَالَ الْعُلَمَاءَ أَنَّ هَذَا الْأُسْلُوبِ أَقْوَى أُسْلُوبِ الْحَصَرِ وَاللَّهُ عَلَمُ And the scholars of Islam, they mention that this, uh, this way here, this style here, an exception coming after negation is actually the strongest way to show restriction. نَقُولْ لَا إِلَهَ Illallah. We say there's none that has the right to be worshipped illallah except for Allah. We mentioned the exception after the negation. So to have a negation and then follow that negation with an exception is from the strongest ways of having or strong restriction. Second type of isti'ana. <clears throat> Remembers Masi, Fadl. Asking for the creation for help for the things that they can do. I sent, I sent. Seeking help and aid from the creation. Regarding those things that creation can do. That's allowed, it's allowed, you have a need, you have an issue, you go to a creation, from the creations of Allah, and something that they have the ability to do, that creation can do, then this is allowed. And this is allowed. No. Wathalitha, third point. Asking creation that's alive and present for help or something that they can do. MashaAllah. Asking something, the creation. But they don't have the ability to do that. From something that is unknown or unseen, then this is not allowed. Some scholars say that's shirk. If the person doesn't know that that's shirk, he doesn't know. Did he fall into shirk? He didn't know it. He doesn't know it's shirk. Did he still commit the sin? Masih says no. He didn't know a shirk. He goes to the grave, مثلاً, and he calls upon the grave. But he didn't know that that's shirk. Did he fall into shirk? Our brother says yes. 
He didn't know. Does his ignorance remove the the the, the ruling of the action? And the ulama ikhtalifun. The scholars differ. Al-Sahih, anna huwa qa'a fi shirk. Lakin udira bil jahil. The correct position is that yes, he fell into shirk. The action is the same. But he was ignorant. So he's not penalized. He's, he didn't commit the sin. He fell into it. But he didn't know. shirk. The one who swears by other than Allah. He says, I swear by my mother. I didn't do that. But he didn't know that that's haram to do. Did he do the haram? Yes. But is he penalized? Is he punished? No. He is... Uh, some scholars they say Rudi Rabi al Jahl. He's excused because he didn't know. Some scholars say he's not excused. They differ there. The correct opinion, Allah Alam, is that he didn't know nahkum. You have to call the person and teach the person first before you can rule upon him. But he fell into the action, but he's not sinful. Allah Alam. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Al Muratu Madalan. A woman becomes Muslim. She's a new Muslim. But she never knew it's upon her to cover her body. She didn't know. Nobody taught her, I have to cover, I have to cover my face, or from those that say you cover your face, I have to cover my hair and my body. She didn't know. She goes to work like that. She goes to school like that. Is she, did she fall into a sin? But she's ignorant. What do you say? Did she commit a sin? She didn't know. Yeah. The answer is yes. But she's not sinful. She did the action. She did the action. She didn't know. That's incorrect. But she's not penalized there. Because she has an excuse because she's ignorant. So like every sin a Muslim, a Muslim commits and they don't know, it's not a sin for them? It's a sin, but they could be forgiven or pardoned rather, excused because of the ignorance. But it depends on the action. If someone scholars they say, for example, if the man in his masjid, his area, his city, his country, there are classes teaching Quran and Sunnah. He has his health, he has the ability to go. The classes are there. He has scholars and teachers, callers to Allah and his messenger, but he doesn't go. Some say he's not excused for being ignorant because he chose not to go. The classes were there, the knowledge was there, but he didn't go. Others say no, he's excused because he didn't know. That appears to be the strongest opinion. But did he commit the sin? Yes, but he's not held for because he didn't do nothing wrong technically because he didn't know, but he still did the sin. Wallah alam. No. Our sister had a hand up? He says another category seeking help and aid from the deceased, those who are in their graves or the likes, or someone who's alive, present. But he doesn't have the ability to do this thing. This thing is only for Allah. And he goes to someone else to do so, then this is shirk. Then this is shirk. Next word of tonight. Al-istigatha. Al-istigatha to hiya. Talabul Al-istigatha, you're going to write. Seeking al-ghayth. Seeking al-ghayth. Or al-ghawth. Alif lam ghayn. Waw tha. Alif lam ghayn. Waw tha. Seeking relief from a hardship or difficulty. A calamity. Mathalan. 
El Gaul seeking rescue, relief, aid from a shikka, from a difficulty, calamity, shidda, or hilak, to seek El Gauf, to seek uh, relief, to seek support. No. Qala wa istighafatun nu'an Tonight's first benefit Al-istighafa is of two types Al-istighafa is of two types Ahadahuma al-istighafatu billah First type similar to al-isti'ana Seeking al-gawf Relief A rescue from Allah from Allah. Wathani, second type, al istighathatu bil amwat, awal ahya, gayr al hadirin al qadirin al al igathati. Fahadha huwa kadalik al shirk. Second type, seeking gulf, aid, relief from the dead. From the deceased, calling upon someone who has passed away, or someone that's alive but they're not present. You're calling upon my auntie when I would be like, she's alive, but I'm calling up oh my auntie, she's alive, like in real hadir, but she's not present. Upon something that she can't do, you calling upon her is sinful, and what you're asking her is also sinful. This is shirk. This is a shirk. To call upon the deceased, that's absolutely no doubt about a shirk. Also, calling upon someone that's alive, but they're not present, that's also shirk. That's also shirk. قال الله تعالى إذ تستغيثون ربكم فاستجاب لكم أني ممدكم بألف من الملائكة من الملائكة مردفين سورة الأنفال. As Allah Taala He says, and remember when you sought refuge or relief rather rescue from your Lord, فاستجاب لكم and He answered your call. He answered your supplication, saying, "Anni mumiddukum, or mumiddukum, min al-malaikati murdifin." Saying, "I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you relief by supporting you with a thousand angels at your side." Suratu al-Anfal. Qala Sheikh al-Istighathu billah. Faida number two. Benefit number two. Al-Istighathu billah. من أفضل الأعمال وأكملها. He says, seeking relief and rescue from Allah is from the best of actions. To call upon Allah, seeking Allah's gulf, Allah's aid and rescue, support. It's from the best of actions, يا إخوان. الذي يدعو ربه سبحانه وتعالى يعترف أنه ماذا يحتاج إلى ربه فلذلك يدعوه The one who calls upon Allah He is acknowledging in the fact that he is calling upon Allah That he is in need of Allah That he is in need of Allah الذي يدعو ربه سبحانه وتعالى بالاستغاثة يعترف أن ربه سبحانه وتعالى قوي فلذلك يدعوه the one who calls upon his Lord, asking for his help and his rescue, his istighatha, is acknowledging that Allah Ta'ala, his Lord, is powerful, is qawai. وَلَذِي يَدْعُوا رَبَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالِي يَعْتَرِفُوا أَنَّ رَبَّهُ يُجِيبُ الدُّعَى كَمَا قَالَ عَنْ نَفْسِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى The one who calls upon his Lord, while he's calling upon Allah, the fact that he's invoking Allah, he's acknowledging that his Lord answers supplications. His Lord, Mada, answers supplications. 
the person that makes dua is acknowledging the oneness of his Lord's rububiyyah, his Lord's Lordship. And then 10 here, when the scholars say the best of the actions, talking about any time you make dua. Al-istighatha is a type of dua. Not every dua is istighatha. Istighatha is a certain type of dua when you ask Allah for rescue, for relief, for help. The call upon Allah is from the best of actions. And then he mentions and slaughtering. Slaughtering is known here for Anabas. Another. Next word of tonight. Another. Another. Make an oath. Promises. Another. Oath. He says, Another. An oath. What is an oath? An oath. Is when the servant makes something binded upon himself. It wasn't obligatory. He made it binding upon himself. So when the servant makes something obligatory upon him. It wasn't obligatory before. Now he makes an oath. Oh Allah. If you bless me with a new job. I'm going to fast for three months straight. Then Allah blesses him with this new job. Now, fasting for three months, asbaha wajiban, asbaha wajiban, becomes obligatory. So he made an oath, a covenant to Allah. If you give me this, I'll do that. Billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala Tarakuhu awla Tarakuhu awla Wa qala ba'adhum annahu makruh The scholars of Islam they mention Some of them mention It's better not to make a covenant with Allah like that It's better not to do so Some scholars say that's actually hated to do Oh Allah, if you give me this, I'll do that It's better, just do it Don't bind yourself with it That way you can leave it off when you want to leave it off you cannot leave it off when you don't want to leave it off. If you make it obligatory upon yourself, Oh Allah, if you bless me with a new car, then Allah gives him a new, brand new, beautiful car. If you give me a new car, Oh Allah, I'm going to stay up every night for two months, going over my Quran, going over the Hadith every night, and then I'll sleep after the Fajr. Then Allah gives him a new car, now stand up every night for two months becomes obligatory. So it wasn't obligatory upon him. He made it obligatory. He made it binding upon himself. So this is why the likes of this is better not to do. It's not obligatory in the origin. You made it obligatory. So it's better not to do that. You want to stay up all night? Just stay up all night. You want to sleep after Fajr? Sleep after Fajr. But it's not obligatory. You go to sleep, you didn't commit a sin. Fella. Okay, and Nazar is not good? It's good, but it's better not to make an oath with Allah. Like, oh Allah, if you do this, I'll do that. It's better not to make those type of nazar. Oh. Don't bind yourself with something that's not obligatory upon you. Oh Allah, if you give me this, if you allow it to rain tomorrow, oh Allah. Uh, give me an easy one. Oh Allah, if you allow me to pass the test in my university, I'm going to fast every Monday and Thursday for the rest of my life. Then Allah gives him a hundred, a ninety. He passes. Now fasting Mondays and Thursdays becomes obligatory upon this person for the rest of his life. So it's better not to do that. If you're going to fast, obligatory. Huh? If you're going to fast Mondays and Thursdays, just fast Mondays and Thursdays. It's sunnah. Alhamdulillah. But don't bind yourself. Don't make another. Some scholars say it's better not to do that. 
espresso, for example, leaves off uh, passing one day. He leaves it off. Now he leaves it off. He has to make the kafara, the expiation for that. Gets even more uh, technical and detrimental upon him. For example, if he has a slave, he has to free a slave. He doesn't have a slave. If he can fast two, cons uh, two consecutive months, he has to fast two consecutive months. So the issue is more difficult, Ya Ikhwan. Just for something that wasn't obligatory upon him to do in the first place. Allah Alam. No. He says, so the oath is when the person binds himself with something. He makes something binding upon himself. Something that was uh, that's an obedience of Allah Ta'ala, but not obligatory in the origin. And then he made it obligatory upon himself. No. What did you say, like, Wallahi, I swear by Allah, I'll not do this anymore, and then do that oath? Uh, that wouldn't be an oath, that would be a halaf. A halaf is different than an oath. A halaf, he says, I swear by Allah, I'm not going to do that. That's still dangerous also. Because sometimes Allah tests the servants. Sometimes with our speech, ya ikhwan. Ahyana takallamu fi shakhs, wana'udhu billah. Thumma ikhtabar Allah ta'ala fi nafsi shayh. Sometimes we talk about someone. Oh, that person did this and this and this. What usually happens after that? Allah tests you with the same thing you look down upon him with. For example, likewise I swear. I swear by Allah, I'm not going to do that. And we have to be careful with our speech, The angels, they write. Those things that we say with our tongues. Except those things that we don't intend to say. You're speaking and your heart is not there. You just make a slip of the tongue. The angels don't write that. But if you have the niya, then that's when the angels write. Some people, they talk in their sleep. Some people say, my daughter says, Abby, you talk in your sleep. Yeah. I, say, I don't believe you, but I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> she says, no, you talk in your sleep. Sometimes my own wife, she's listening. Oh, let me see what you're going to say when you sleep. Oh, at any rate, I don't believe that you talk in your sleep. But some people say that. Al-Muhim, at any rate, إذا العبد يتكلم في النوم الملاكة لا تكتبون يا إخوان لأن هذا الكلام بدون نية بدون قصد. طيب. At any rate, you're in your sleep. And you say some words. The angels don't write that. Because your heart is not there. Whatever you didn't intend to do. Whatever you did by mistake. Whatever your tongue just slipped up and said. Or you're asleep. Or you're unconscious. The angels don't write that. The angels don't write. The pen is not recorded for the one. There's a hadith. There's a hadith. There's a that the pen is lifted for three. الصغير حتى حتى يبلغ the young child until he reaches the age of maturity. And the one that is asleep until he awakes. والذي ذهب عقله حتى بريء أو كما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام. And then the third one, the majnoon. The one that their mind is not there until he's cured. Or as the Messenger mentioned. So this shows that angels don't write in certain conditions. The child is not written for their good or their bad deeds. When they become an adult, now the child becomes an adult. All the good that the child did now goes on the scale of that child. من وزان هذا الولد من حسنات ومن السيئات. And then when the child becomes an adult, now the scale begins. Now they, he's held accountable for his good deeds and his bad deeds. But the good that he did when he was a child, he comes and becomes an adult. He gets the reward of all those. Wallahualam. No. Anyone else have one? Masi and the Kashay. 
It happens. Sometimes they all you forget. Enter Nasita Shay. فَالَّذِي نَنْسَاهُ الْإِخْوَانِ مِنْ قَدْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى عَلَيْنَا هذا من مكتوب عليمه الله وكتبه الله وقدره الله وأشاه الله whatever we all forget from time to time myself included إخوان that's decreed you're, you're, it was destined for you to forget that Allah Ta'ala knew you were going to forget Allah Ta'ala wrote you were going to forget Allah Ta'ala decreed you were going to forget and Allah Ta'ala will for you to forget all oh, that's from the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the person forgets that's natural but we have to make we have to make review and we have to work by what we have learned to the best of our ability يُنْشِرُوا أو يُثَبِّتُوا الْعِلْمَ يُثَبِّتُوا الْعِلْمَ Call unto what you have learned, teaching the people, opening classes and the likes, makes the knowledge more firm. Makes the knowledge more firm. Making maraja'ah sometimes, isn't you teaching, you're calling the people. This is one of the ways to make the knowledge firm, asking questions to each other. It's another way to make the knowledge firm. Also, to work by, to live by your knowledge to the best of, your ability. It's another way to make the knowledge firm. No. Wallahu alam. All of us forget from time to time. Hatta nabiyuna alayhi salatu salam yuradu anhu anhu nasiyah. Even the messenger alayhi salatu salam was narrated that he forgot. Sulla nabi alayhi salatu salam la'allahu nasiyah. Perhaps the Prophet of Allah forgot. Qala anhu lam yansi. Qala anhu ma nasiyatu. Lakin la'allahu nasiyah. One time in the Salah, well, Hadith for Sunan, and the Imam Abi Dawr wa Ghayre, collected by Imam Abu Dawun other than him, the Prophet Sallallahu Dhuhra wa Sallallahu Raka'atain, and the Prophet only prayed two Raka'ah. Wa Ubay ibn Ka'ab dhakarahu, and Ubay ibn Ka'ab reminded him, wa Qaliya Nabi Allah, hal qusirat salatu aw nusita. And he said a statement of manners, mashallah, beautiful. He said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, was the prayer made shortened or did you forget? The Prophet said, The Prophet said, The prayer was not made short, nor did I forget. He said, So later, you only pray to Raka'ah. Then the Prophet gave us another principle. Then the Prophet asked, gave us another principle. He said to the others who were there, Is what he's saying true? Did I pray to Raka'ah? And the people say, yes, you prayed to a messenger of Allah. So it shows that the Prophet, it shows he forgot, but he didn't recall that he forgot. And then he got another principle, a witness. That's another, another sunnah, ya khwan. Sometimes we forget that, to ascertain the truth. Sometimes we hear someone said, and someone said, and someone said, and we don't get a verification. Many narrations the Prophet of Allah is ascertaining is that is that true? Did that happen? Like in this hadith here. He says, what he's saying true? And they say yes. So later rakatain. And then the Prophet stood up and prayed to Raka'ah. And then prostrated twice. The sujood as sahul, the prostration of forgetfulness. But alhamdulillah, may Allah Ta'ala teach us all yakhwan. So forgetfulness or forgetting ikhwan is something that is from the decree of Allah. If you forget, we're all going to forget from time to time. And it's from the sunnah of mankind. If the messenger of Allah can forget, then who are we ikhwan? Then who are we? Let's continue. He says and there are two types of oaths. There are two types of oaths. The first one, Nadarun Mutalak, the general unrestricted vow. Nadarun Mutalak, the general unrestricted vow. Or you can say oath. Nadarun Mutalak. Ka'an Yakula. عليه سيام يوم لله وهذا النظر المحمود 
The person says, for example, it's upon me to fast a day for the sake of Allah. He makes a covenant. I'm going to fast. It's upon me. It's on me to fast. Yawman lillah. A day for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says this oath is praiseworthy. It's an action of obedience. There's no contingencies. If you do this, oh Allah, I'll do that. There's no contingencies there. Wathani second type. Nadrun muqayyadun. The second type is specific. Nadarun muqayyad is a restricted oath. And this one is mu'allaqu bishay. It's connected to something. The first one is general. It's mutlaq. It's not connected to anything. I'm going to fast a day for my Lord. There's no contingencies. Oh Allah, if you do this, I'll do that. No. Kan yaqula idha tazawajtu. He says, um, if you were to say, if the person says, if I get married, I'm going to fast a particular day. He makes a contingency here. So this one is, this one is hated, as we mentioned. The ones that have a contingency. Oh Allah, if I do this, or if you do that, if this happens to me, I'm going to do that. It's better not to do that. This one is madmum, is this praise. If you're going to do it, do it. But don't make a contingency. Oh Allah, if I get there safely, I'm going to pray the whole night. Tarweeh, the whole night. If you allow me to get there, saliman, safely, protected. And then you get there safe. Now you have to pray the whole night without going to sleep. So it's better not to make the type of oaths, muqayyad, those restricted oaths or vows. You can also say a good translation. You can say oath, a vow. No. Then the author continues, and other than that, from the various types of worship. So the types of worship, they are no, there's no number connected to them. They are, there's no, no limit. There are many types of worship, ya ikhwah. فِيمَا ذَكَرَهُ الْمُصَنِّفُ الرَّحِيمُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بَلْ هِيَ أَنْوَاعُ كَثِيرَةٌ He says, regarding what the Imam mentioned, but there are many, many types of worship. Many types of worship. مِنَ الْعِبَادَةَ أَنِّيَّةٌ From worship is having a good intention. Allah when the author says those things that Allah commanded with He says meaning those aspects of worship that Allah commanded us to worship Him with All of these are, from, uh, are for Allah meaning he says, meaning is not correct for a person to direct any form of these aspects of worship to other than Allah. Not an angel who was brought close, nor a prophet who was sent. So how much more so anyone besides them? If it's not proper to worship an angel, or a prophet, how much more so anyone else besides an angel or the prophets? And the statement of Allah where He says, and the proof, where Allah Ta'ala says, and the masajid, they belong to Allah. That's important. أحياناً المسلمون ينسون هذا أن المساجد لله كما قال ربنا سبحانه وتعالى Sometimes us the Muslims we forget The masajid are for Allah They, are, they belong to Allah They have been erected and constructed for Allah سبحانه وتعالى And sometimes we forget that يا إخوان نحن نصلي فيها ونعبد الله تعالى فيها لكنها لله لكنها 
Yes, we worship Allah in them. We pray in them. We talk in them. We worship Allah in general in them. We hang out in the masajid. But the masajid themselves belong to Allah. And that's something that many of the Muslims we forgot or we forget. And I I remember being in a masjid and the people tried to remove me from the masjid. I don't want to mention the name, that's not important, Yaqwan. At any rate, and the issue was because there was a scholar that those brothers seemed to be an innovator, and I didn't agree. I didn't agree. And the brother said, this is my masjid. It's my masjid. I said, this your masjid? Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And I grabbed my stuff and I left. I said, this is your masjid. This is not a masjid. This is, this is your masjid. That's different. And I'm not coming to your masjid. At any rate, I didn't know it was your masjid. I wouldn't have wasted my time, my energy. I wouldn't have came here. I came here because I thought it was for Allah. At any rate, we almost got into blows. You'd be amazing, Quran, over the fact this one sees this one to be an innovator and this one does not agree and all i asked him was give me some proof give me some proof i have to see which i have to say it say it the way you're saying it he said well this other sheikh said that i said and this sheikh said that that game is never going to end whatever the issue you could bring a sheikh to refute that whatever it is doesn't mean he's right or wrong but you could bring a scholar to argue this some scholars say this is a sunnah other scholars say this is a sunnah. Some scholars say smoking is haram, which it is. Some scholars say it's hated. What else? Some scholars say wearing the niqab is recommended, which it appears to be. Some say it's obligatory. What else? My point is, whatever the issue, you can find someone who contradicts that. Whether he's right or wrong, you can bring that. Huh? The beard? The beard. Like some say it's sunnah, some say it's obligatory. Uh, cutting the beard, removing it totally, they all say it's haram. Trimming it. Some say it's hated to trim it. Some say it's haram to trim it. And some that say it's allowed to trim it, used with Ibn Umar, what has been narrated from Ibn Umar, that he had a nice beard. In the days of Hajj, he took his beard, and whatever protruded forth, he would snip that. So they say that's the companion of the Messenger of Allah. It can't be haram. And they say, but what did the Messenger of Allah say? So some scholars say his action shows it's the karaha, it's hated. Other scholars say, no, that was his action. If he's right, he gets a reward. If, he's in, if he gets two reward, if he's wrong, he still gets one reward. But you have the statement of the Messenger, the mustache. Some say it's sunnah to remove the mustache completely. Others say it's sunnah to trim it. What else say Akhwan? Having a man with long hair. I'll give you a good one. Some say it's hated for a man to have long hair. His hair comes down and he has braids or plaits. Some say it's a sunnah if that's how his hair is. They differ. Some say the imama is a sunnah. Some say it's from custom, tradition. What else? There are many Akhwan. Some say having lines in the masjid is a bid'ah. Some say it's labats. It's allowed. There's My pictures. point is, huh? Pictures. Pictures is a good one. Taking pictures with a camera. Some say that's haram. Uh, the, the images of, of souls. Some say using your device to take a picture of someone or something that has a soul is haram. Other scholars say it's okay to do that. There's no sin there. That wasn't the intent of the statement of the Messenger. Ali what else? Put, put, uh, Ibn Umar. Ibn Umar. See, that's the issue. Ibn Umar didn't mention where he got it. Had the mawquf alayhi fi'lan. The tabi'i mentioned that that's what Ibn Umar did. He didn't say Ibn Umar did this and then he attributed that to the Messenger of Allah. That'll be Mursal. They just mention his action. So if he would have said the message of Allah, mashallah, no doubt about it. But since that's his action that he did, and other companions didn't do that, it's not like they all did that, that's something else. 
So either he got that from the Messenger of Allah والسلام, and it wasn't mentioned, or that's from his action and he understood it was allowed. But you have the statement of the Messenger والسلام, Let leave your beard, the Prophet said. Leave it. So some scholars they say, the Prophet said, Leave it. Then you should leave it. I remember my cousin, my beloved cousin, Abdul Hakim, asked me a question one time. His beard was beginning to grow. And he had like little spots. One spot here, one spot there, one spot there. So someone told him, no, if you cut it off, it's going to grow back thicker. Some people that do hair, they say that. That's true or not, Allah. If you shave it off, it's going to come back thicker. So he said, I only got a couple strands anyway. Suppose I take it away. It's going to come back thicker. What do you say? I say, as the Prophet of Allah said, leave it. He said, I don't really got much. To, I don't got much to do. Just, the, the Prophet said, leave it. Leave it. Some people's beard grow in different spots. Sometimes it grows evenly. At any rate, I remember my beard first began to grow. I would take black seed oil and rub it on my face. Alhamdulillah. At any rate, everybody's different. I know many of the older brothers, they don't have no facial hair. Mashallah. You guys are young. That's different. Some of the older brothers, when they get old, they have no facial hair. There's a hadith that Aisha, Ikhwan, Kanat, Amin Hikmatiha. Aisha used to say, what did she used to say? Ahmadullah alladhi zayyanna wujuha rijali billiha. Or come upon Aisha to radiallahu anha. She used to say, All praise belong to Allah who has beautified the face of the man with the beard. At any rate, some people used to say, The man is not beautiful who, doesn't, who cuts off his beard. <laughs> they say, You're not handsome. What do you mean? You cut your beard off. Why did you start wearing a beard? I became Muslim, yeah, Juan, my first year. I have a lot of stories. I keep telling you guys, one day we're going to have a story night. So when I became Muslim, I didn't at first know that I should let my beard grow. I didn't know that. My one companion, Ibrahim Fletcher, my first sheikh, the one I, every time I say his name, I make du'a for him. He guided me by Allah's mercy. I used to be like a hayawan wahshi. I used to be like an animal. <laughs> when I was a new Muslim, I didn't know, yeah, Juan. I, nobody taught me the times of the prayer. I used to pray anytime I wanted to pray. <laughs> I remember at my uncle's house, my father's brother, I spent the, the summer with him. MashaAllah. He had this big dog named Tasha. That was my buddy, Tasha. And she used to listen to me too. They thought I trained the dog. Well, I didn't train her, but she used to listen to me. At any rate, I didn't even know I couldn't play with the dog's mouth and all that until later on. At any rate, so we watching TV. And I didn't know that the Muslims, we have to pray at certain times. So what I would do, every time a commercial came on, I would just go upstairs and make wudu and pray. That's all I knew. So my uncle said, MashaAllah, I don't know much about Islam, but one thing I would say, you guys do pray a whole lot. He said, you prayed every 20 minutes for three hours. I never saw And then I learned, no, there's certain times. So at first I used to, um, Cut my sideburns, and I would have like a little goatee. I would have that. Um, I used to call me uh, fake R. Kelly back in the day. So I would have my little goatee thingy. But I would trim my sideburns off. So one time I was in the bathroom getting ready for a basketball game. I had a game that night. And Ibrahim walked in and showed me, saw me shaving my hair and trimming up my goatee and stuff. My little mustache. So he was like, Naeem, labats, labats. So he's about to tell me something. So I, I'm Muslim now for maybe three days, four days. I just became Muslim. So I say, say, no, if there's something I'm doing wrong, I'm, I'm a new Muslim. Tell me. It's okay. Whatever it is. I mean, I listen, but whatever, just tell me. <laughs> so I can't give you a guarantee I'm going to listen to you, but tell me. So he said, it's better, it's better for you that you don't cut your sideburns. I used to just keep my goatee. He said, it's better. You're Muslim now? I said, yes, alhamdulillah. I'm Muslim. I got my paper. I'm Muslim. <laughs> he said, what paper you keep talking about? Your paper. So at any rate, he said, it's better that you leave your beard. And he gave me the hadith, the messenger of Allah. The prophet of Allah said, the meaning of the hadith, let your beard grow. Leave your beard. And khafif and trim your mustache. So from that moment on, I would trim my mustache and I let my beard grow. And I remember some of my companions, because I had no hair. I used to cut my hair from, since high school. I always had a bald head since 10th grade. But now my beard is growing. So to my friends, I look funny. You know, I got, a, I got no hair. And my, I got a beard now. My beard is coming. Yeah, I like little, little titty sideburns. Even my teachers would make jokes. Oh, Naeem. Oh, now you're Muslim. You can't have hair on your head. 
It looks like you took your hair off your head and put it on your face. I said, I'm you know, at any rate, so I began to let my beard grow. Um, it's one of the best good deeds you can do, yeah, just leave your beard. You don't got to read no hadith, no ayat, no Arabic, no fiqh. Just don't touch it. So I, one time, may Allah forgive, I cut my beard all the way off by accident. I was trying to get ready. Always a basketball game. I'm always getting in trouble for a game. So I got a game coming up, and I'm trying to shape up my little, my little sideburns, make them look nice. I'm trying to get underneath, and I was at my, my, my grandmother's house. And her bathroom was real little. And as I'm trying to shape up my, my line, make it nice, I'm trying my best to hold the mirror. I got a mirror here and a mirror here, and I'm trying to get my mustache nice. And my little brother came in and tried to scare me or something. And as I had the beard, he came in, oh! And I was like, and I like made a hole in my side brain. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I tried to put the hair back on there, it wouldn't stay. I only had little side brains. I was Muslim for about six months, eight months at that time. So I had little side brains coming in. And I couldn't go to my game with a half of a sideburn. So I just took my sideburns off. And then I'm going to like grow back quicker, stronger. Let's stop there, Juan. Man, you read on your other who wants to call the event tonight, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah bless you all, yeah. May Allah bless you all.